Attention, this is a matter of national security. After a meteorite crashed into the New Jersey Turnpike, the following digital audio transmission from the You Watch I Listen podcast was intercepted by NASA scientists in the year 2019. The You Watch I Listen podcast is about to start. Sit down, listen close, and try not to die. The You Watch I Listen podcast starts now. Evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. A couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. What did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck yeah. Now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. He had the right idea. It's time for the You Watch I Listen podcast, and always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. Hey guys, hey Josh, hey Taylor. Hey. Da, 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 da. It's the motherfucking Y double I, whatever, fuck it. Y double W, you meant? W I, tried to say, double. Tried to, I tried to say double. Double yeah. double U. <laughs> so, guys, uh, this is episode 99 of You Watch I Listen. We're coming off our three and a half hour NFL draft extravaganza. That, Where we um, hung up on Bob, dude. <laughs> to end the Several show. Times. Yes, <laughs> we, we hung up on Bob. I just I saw the group chat right after it ended. Bob just says, cool. <laughs> He's like, is that it? Of course, it's that. So, of course, that's it. Uh, I had a great time with the draft. Um, it was a cool, uh, a cool making the best of a weird situation with a, a strange draft. Obviously, still in quarantine. I believe this is week seven of you watch. I listen quarantine. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Week seven. It's fucked week up. Man. Seven. Episode ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, it's crazy because this week on my time hop has been a lot of the stuff like uh, our first few episodes uh, with uh, the the dead guy. And um, it's uh, it's been an interesting ride. There's been some changes to the show. Obviously, this one being the biggest, but no fault of our own. Uh, it's the fault of the elderly. Uh, so specifically uh, the elderly. So here we are. Um, in uh, it is just before. It's almost May, guys. Tomorrow's May first. As crazy as that sounds. And just ready for the stupid so fucking insane meme. Yeah, the, it's gonna be May. Uh, yeah, That's it's gonna be May. Stupid um, fucking meme. I hate I, that I, shit. I, I hate it every year. It happens every year. I just I try to ignore them. That's all you can do. As Josh once learned, uh, the more you feed into a meme, the more you will get trolled by it. Um, yep. As you learned last uh, two October thirds ago, it's true. Um, that was a lot of fun to do to you. Um, but yeah, here we are. It's April thirtieth, twenty twenty, episode ninety nine. You watch, I listen. Uh, we'll start out with the usual thing, uh, guys. How was your week? Uh, week was okay. It's just, uh, 
it, pretty uneventful. You know, I just I watched a couple different things, trying to catch, we'll trying to like watch like Silicon Valley and shit. But other than that, I mean, just we'll go. Work, we'll get work. into our what what have you been watching uh, later? Just, I'm sure, and we'll talk about that. Just normal work shit. That's about it. Josh, how about you? Uh, you know, been uh, more or less the same. Just kind of hanging out, uh, doing my own thing, playing some games, watching some movies. Yeah. Very nice. Um, I obviously told you guys about what happened to my household the other day, but I figure I might as well go into it on the show as well. Um, so on Monday evening, uh, I, I get a call from my neighbor. Now, my house is a shared well. Uh, we share it with our two neighbors. And uh, my neighbor calls me and he's like, uh, dude, uh, you got to come outside. Uh, we got a problem with the well. First thing I think is it's leaking. You know, that happens sometimes. We've had it happen before. So I meet him outside and he's like, my wife was saying the other day the water smelled weird and I kind of ignored it. And I was just like brushing my teeth. I'm like, this does smell kind of weird and you got to go look in there. So the well pump sits in, the, in a hole in the ground and I go and look in the hole in the ground where the water is and it's filled with maggots, like hundreds, if not thousands of maggots. And then you look and there's a dead cat inside of it. Um, decomposing, <laughs> rotting, <laughs> very, very, very. So it's like funny because I call, like, I'm like, I first off, when I walked in, it was like when you're reading The Rising and they talk about how the smell of the rotting flesh of the zombies is the first thing that hits you. I opened the thing and I was like, Ugh, and I almost puked on my neighbor. Um, so obviously, I called the well company. And like when I first called the woman that's like dispatch, she thought I was fucking with her. She's like, you're lying to me. I'm like, ma'am, like, I wish I was. Like, it'd be a really weird thing to make up. Um, um, so right now we uh, they have a huge temporary tank sitting outside. It almost looks like a, an above ground pool <laughs> that they're doing, and they're getting it fixed tomorrow. But it was great watching them uh, shovel out a dead cat from the well. That was it was like in the the season two of The Walking Dead on Herschel's farm when the zombies at the bottom of the well and they send Glenn. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I thought of. Yeah, uh, dude, that's so gross. So beyond that, my week was uh, interesting. Obviously, having fun with the dog. Um, it, it is it is that's a great way to distract yourself from everything that's going on. Um, it also is a great way to lose sleep, um, which is, uh, if you're normal. Insomnia, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I, I lost sleep a long time ago. It's been gone. Um, but beyond that, why don't we, um, get into our stuff, but before we do that, Taylor, we got some friends we have to talk about. Yes, we do. So, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, you're stuck, you're quarantined, you're tired of this shit and you need something to get, uh, get you through. Now, let me tell you, it's been getting me through all this COVID nonsense. My primal urge, my primal urge to fuck you. <laughs> no dumb dumb primal urge beef sticks like you know primal urge beef sticks oh that, that makes more sense yeah dude uh, they sent me a free monthly subscription for the next uh, they're sending me for the next couple months you know because uh, because of the fans of the show and i've been eating primal urge on you know on the weekends specifically my cheat days been doing fairly Very well good uh, brought him into work. All the guys really love him. My dad likes him. My dad doesn't like anything. And, uh, you know, they really are some of the best shit out there. So if I want to get a Primal Urge food subscriptions, why haven't you shared it with me? Because it's mine. It's oh, mine. It's okay. not yours. And I'm, I'm not good at sharing. And I also haven't seen you in over a month. So that, like, that's true. That's that. true. Why haven't you shared with me where I can get one of your meat sticks? Then? Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I'm so happy you asked that, Dan, and on camera too, so everyone can finally see that you've been asking me not only for 10 years, but finally tonight as well. Uh, but, you know, you can go at www.primalurgeeats.com. 
Primal, PrimalUrgeFoods.com. PrimalUrgeFoods, excuse me, .com. Use promo code YWIL for 20% off your subscription. So, so if they use promo code YWIL, they're going to get a subscription of these great things, whether it's beef jerky, uh, venison beef jerky, alligator beef jerky. It's going to be like a loot crate of different meat sticks. And they use promo code YWIL to get 20% off their subscription at PrimalUrgeFoods.com. That's what you're telling me? Yes, correct. Um, you know, there's an emphasis on special for this, you know, this 20% subscription. Great. So honestly, the big emphasis on special when it comes to you, um, I would just say have a meat stick and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Fair enough, dude. Just, just, just as long as you don't show me your meat stick, I'm, I'm all right. I mean, we've done, that, we've done that before, but guys, go we to www.primalurgefoods.com, enter promo code YWIL. Taylor, what is that? Uh, www.primalurgefoods.com, pro, uh, promo code YWIL, 20% off your subscription. I meat love that. sticks. It's meat sticks. And Taylor, when this is all said and done, when we can finally see each other again, I'm going to show you my meat stick again. You know, you know, I, I'm, I you know, I, you know, I am actually kind of happy about it. I haven't seen you fucking guys. I'm isolated. Josh, you it heard sucks. it. Everyone heard it. He wants to see yep. my meat. Whatever. You heard you can't it. Take it back. Taylor's you looking can't. for meat stick. Oh, Taylor's yeah. looking for meat stick. Josh agrees with Dan again. <laughs> so, guys, again, primalurgefoods.com, promo code YWIL. Um, Taylor, I'll start. Started out with a review. Um, so you Okey gave doke. me an album, uh, Fit for a King, Death Grip. I was not really familiar with Fit with for a King. I had heard of them before. I'm sure I'd heard a song or two from you uh, throughout yeah, the definitely. years. Just it, it, the odds of that happening or slim to, of not happening or slim to none. Uh, this is an awesome album, Josh. You would love this album um, compared to the one the previous week that you gave me. That was more on the black metal side of it. This is a little more contained. The music is superior. There is a blend of the singing as well which I do appreciate. The vocals are awesome. Um, you got a song with the lead singer of August Burns Red on it. You got a song with the lead singer of Miss May I on it. Those are two bangers of songs. Um, so starting now, obviously, is the intro, end is the beginning. Um, the first real track on it, Pissed Off, is a five. It absolutely sets the entire tone and feel of this album. Uh, it, it made me ready to go. I was sitting here literally in this spot working, listening to it just like this right away, like raging. I loved it. Next song with uh, the lead singer of ABR, Dead Memory, a five. Another great song. I love the blend of vocals because they do have two very different sounding voices. Uh-huh. Um, uh, next song, uh, Cold Room was a four. Disease was a four. Shadows and Echoes, I think, was my favorite song. I gave that a five. That one, I prob- I when I was going through the album, I went back and listened to that one alone like three or four times in a row. Uh, More Than Nameless was a three. We Are All Lost was a four. Unclaimed Unclaimed Unloved was a four. Uh, Sticking Bodies um, with uh, the lead singer of Miss May I was a five. And the title track, Death Grip, was a five. Um, To bookend an album like this, I I think we've talked about this before. In any album, it's so important to start it out great and end it great. And if you could bookend it with fives, especially on a metal album where the energy is such a big part of it, you do your job. Um, So there wasn't a single song less than a three on here. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. Maybe, you know what, it's a 4.8 out of five. We'll, We'll do the law of averages here. I think I had as many fives as I did fours, which is saying a lot. Um, I love the vocals. I love the music. I love the lyrics. I love the progressions more than anything else. This was an incredibly progressive um, album. Every song would start out heavy. It would tone it back a little bit, then pick it right back up to the breakdown. Uh, Just a phenomenal sounding album. Some of it kind of reminded me, uh, maybe not musically as much, but a little bit of trivium. I picked up on a little bit of the trivium sound in there, old trivium. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I said, and like I said before, I'm glad you picked up on it. But this was the first album they really incorporated more of clean singing. Who was the the bass player's name is Tuck. He's okay. really, really, really good, and he actually sounds really good live too, which is hard to replicate. Um, the reason why I love Death Grip so much, specifically the last song, I love the whole album, but the last song is because you go from like this low foundation, like this real melodic stuff, and Correct. then the the chorus hits you're in a death grip and it's full screen metal it's some of the most fun shit i've ever seen live and it's actually funny that all three of those bands are on the same record because miss may i august Prince red and fit for king were all on the same tour at one point that's so awesome. i think that's really cool um but i'm glad you really liked it uh, i feel like i've been doing really really well with albums lately to be honest yeah i mean the one you gave me last week was the worst one and it wasn't even bad it just wasn't right. the one that resonated with me in the same way so you're finding a pretty good groove for the kind of stuff i'll like you know, sometimes you got to throw stuff at me that is, you know, maybe not in my wheelhouse. Sure. And, you know, the odds are I'm not going to like it, but there's been I've been surprised before. Um, it, it's happened plenty of times. Um, I, I am very stubborn with music, but I try to open my horizons a little bit. But this was a banger. I added the entire album. I probably listened to it, uh, especially at night when I'm playing Call of Duty seven, eight times just while playing. And then I don't realize that there's like a cruise missile coming in, dropping on my fucking head because I can't <laughs> hear it. Oops. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to give it a four point eight out of five that's really really awesome man i'm glad you like it all oh, right yeah. so the movie you gave me this week is strange wilderness <laughs> dude so before i even say what i really think about the movie uh basically uh i forget that i forget the main guy's name but he was the guitar player in that thing you do yes he was, and he, uh, the, saving silverman yeah he's 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 a very funny guy yes um you get a i I can, I can honestly say this is not the performance that broke Jonah Hill out to the mainstream. Uh, that terrible Southern accent was awful. Dude, the song that he sings, if your step my fearless, fuck you. I could have sworn he was like, he was like strumming uh, Pink Floyd's Wish That's You Were what Here. That's I thought too, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so again, so uh, the main the main guy, he owns, uh, his father was this big nature guy, Was his, had this big nature show called Strange Wilderness. He a dies. Public access strange wilderness kind of yeah so then his father dies he takes over he's a pothead burnout he sucks he's not good at anything all his friends are pothead burnouts besides uh, ted denslow from basketball that's the (laughs) i love that or a landfill is in it too um or farva same guy farva uh so the funniest parts of this movie is when they're doing honestly i laughed harder at the faces of death scenes oh. which which i couldn't believe there were actually like the fa- actual scenes from the faces of death were in this movie but, let me ask you you were going to say the funniest parts are their actual wilderness videos when, when they're narrating okay so i, I just want to read some of the stats that he, was, yes, that he was giving so obviously you've been saying it for years i never understood it uh bears get their name from a football team in chicago is single-handedly <laughs> One of the funniest lines in a movie I've ever heard in my life. Black black bears loves fish. Uh, Say something else. Red bears love fish. (laughs) So uh, some of the stats he said, uh, monkeys make up 80% of the world's monkey population. Uh, there's a scene where there's a bunch of vultures eating a dead zebra. It says, these birds are are saying howdy to the zebra. Actually, they're not saying howdy. They're eating the shit out of them. (laughs) And then they they show the shark and it's, look at this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, the laughing shark is one of the funniest, stupidest fucking things I've ever seen. It is so stupid. Can I I tell you a scene specifically? (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. wait. Go ahead. Sharks are found in two places on Earth, the northern and southern hemisphere. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, there, there, was a, there, there was a scene in this movie when I first saw this movie. I saw it with uh, <sighs> I watch it at Jared's apartment with Jared Spooner and Kenyatta, and it's in the beginning of the movie when Dante is dri- Dante from Grandma's Boy is driving yeah. all of them, and he's like talking about how his he put something in his dick and it swelled up, and what, like, so it's, it's like a fucking tea kettle. Yeah, and he's like woo, and then someone drives by and honks the horn. He goes fuck you. You want to fight? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen. Jared laughed harder in my life. Like he was in tears. And then Justin Long was so funny in it with the tattoos of eyes, eyeballs on his Yo, eyelids. So <laughs> when, when uh, they're all having the blowout at the end, because they, so they, they try to go after Bigfoot and they end up finding him, but then they shoot him and kill him and yeah. it just doesn't work out. And then they, uh, uh, you know, the show's getting canceled. Jeff Garland's in it playing himself again. Like yes. he always does. Um, but I just want to go back to some of these little one liners that maybe. No matter how many sea lions are killed each year by sharks, it never seems like enough. (laughs) (laughs) Or here, (laughs) bears are proud people, although they're not people per se, they're animals. Uh, bears are estimated to kill over 2 million salmon per year, but attacks of salmon on bear are far less. <laughs> like, um, I, one of my favorite parts that I laughed at. So, okay. So this movie is exactly what our friends would be if we were making a nature documentary. Correct. Like the, like the part when they're, they're talking to the driver or they're talking to the, the, the guide in the woods and they find out his name is just Dick and they're all just sitting there just laughing at him. Dick. And he, exactly. And he, and he goes, uh, like they keep saying stupid shit to him. They're like, you ever let your, you know, you ever let your dog lick your name? <laughs> like, stupid shit. You ever let your dog lick your name? <laughs> like, it's the stupidest shit, dude. The whole movie, and I said that to you, it was like, this is going to be an easy watch because there's no merit to the movie. I would never by any means call it a great movie but it's great like it is it is easily the worst movie you've given me and it is still hilarious yeah it's one of those things it's so bad that it's good and it doesn't try to be like overly sentimental it knows it's stupid it embraces its stupidity like i said uh jonah hill the one part when they're going to leave and he goes to jonah hill's character hey why don't you put the stuff in the rv oh i did i'm literally looking at it right there Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't put it in the RV. <laughs> no, because he's like, oh, that stuff. Yeah, that stuff's not in the RV. <laughs> Dude, it's it's a great stoner flick, is what yeah. I would say above all. When all uh, again, when they're you know, they, they see the monkeys in the tree, eighty percent of the world's monkey population are monkeys or whatever. And he goes, uh, now look at those balls. Those balls are sensational. <laughs> to a lot, to a lion, these balls are these balls are called a sack lunch. <laughs> It's it, it is really so dumb, but I it somehow I think it ends up being underrated as long as you're okay with dumb comedy. It's one of these ones like yeah. no one's really seen, and if you can embrace that kind of stupidity, I beg you not to laugh at it. I hey, beg you not to laugh. The one time I did, la- the other time I did laugh a lot was when uh, so Peter so they're driving across country to find Bigfoot, and they're gonna film different little segments throughout <laughs> and different things. So they come across a bunch of sea lions, and Peter Don and uh, Dante is like, oh well we're going to get good footage and he dresses up in a seal costume <laughs> yeah and he and, and he and he's got the thing and he just goes you don't even know i'm going to sneak up on these bad boys get a wicked awesome shot <laughs> And he starts doing the art art shit, and then, and then it just flashes to him by. getting fucking attacked by a shark, and it's like, oh my god, there's so much blood. It is fucking it is is a very funny movie. It is a very bad movie, 
but it is also funny. The comedy really helps it out. I'll go a solid five, five. Yeah, that's fair because you got into it expecting exactly what it was. I told you it was stupid. I've been telling you to watch it forever too. For years. Like you said, I've been quoting the bears get their football, their name from a football team in Chicago line forever. <laughs> Dude, uh, I'm, I'm seriously going to use the 80% of the world's monkey population are monkeys. <laughs> Dude, it's one, it's one that I'll randomly put on like when I'm laying down because I could just sit there and giggle at it or if I have a few too many drinks because then I'll really laugh at it. Yeah, facts. So, all right. I'm glad you like Strange Wilderness. Um, why don't we get into this week's picks? Uh, Taylor, why don't you go first? All right. For my album pick this week, um, I wanted again, I'm I'm kind of on a roll with metal records. I've been really into metal lately because I've been very angry. Uh, I don't know why. I just am. And uh, this was an album that kind of took me by surprise around 2018 when this came out. Cause this is, again, this is a band I didn't like at all at first. Okay. Um, the band is called Chelsea grin and it's their last album called eternal nightmare. Um, Chelsea grin used to be six people in the band, three guitar players, a bass player. And it was really, really grimy black metal. Okay. Now, now they're down to only four people, in the band guitar, bass, drums, and a singer. And it's the best they've ever sounded. Uh, it's, this is a prime, this is a prime example of less is more, and it's really enhanced the sound. Um, this album kind of came out of left field for me because a lot of people were hyping up, you know, Chelsea Grin this, Chelsea Grin that. And I'm like, mm, they're kind of a little overrated because it's the same nonsense bullshit normally. But then I sat down and listened to it and it was like, okay, there's some, there's some merit to what people are saying. Um, I do want to highlight two songs. One is the scent of evil. And the other one is nobody listened. Those are to me are some of the best songs on this record. Um, I don't really know everybody, everybody, every guy's name in the band, just because they are relatively new. This is the okay. first record as the band, as we know it today. Um, but yeah, this album really caught me by surprise. It's very, very heavy. Uh, that's why I like when I listen to heavy music, it has to be heavy. That's the main criteria, uh, that I look for. So yeah, uh, Chelsea grin, eternal nightmare, Josh, I would highly recommend that you listen to this too. And, uh, fit for a King's death grip real talk. Yeah. You'll like the fit for a King album. Uh, oh, yeah, Josh, check them out. All right, so Taylor, uh, my movie for you this week. Um, it's funny, you you texted us earlier and you said that you think you're finally ready to watch Hereditary again. Yes, um, it's so been like two years, dude. Yeah, I, it obviously disturbed you enough. So um, I watched a movie the other night. Um, what I've actually been really looking forward to, um, it was supposed to come out in the theaters in uh, towards the end of March. Obviously, uh, that didn't happen. No movie came out in the theaters. Um, so I've been kind of waiting to see when it was going to be available. It came available this past week. I added it to my Plex. Um, it's a movie called The Lodge. So I, when I heard about The Lodge and I saw the trailers, um, it did kind of have a hereditary feel to it. And there's certain aspects of the movie that are very hereditary inspired. But this movie is not hereditary. I'm not trying to give anything away, but this movie within the first 15 minutes had me go. Oh, then, really? And the last 20 minutes had me go. Not what I was expecting whatsoever. Um, it stars Alicia Silverstone. Um, Riley Keough is her name. She's actually the granddaughter of Elvis Presley. Um, and Riley plays um, plays a girl. She's the that girlfriend of Alicia Silverstone's ex-husband. Okay. okay. Um, she, in real life so, or in the movie? In the movie. In the movie. Oh, okay. So her, her, her character in this um, was part of a cult growing up that her father was the ringleader of that led a mass suicide where she was the only survivor. Okay. So her Alicia Silverstone's ex-husband is dating the cult survivor girl and the kids don't like her at all. The one son is actually played by Richie from it. The main kid from it, not Richie, excuse me, um, the bill, bill, the guy that plays bill, young bill in it. So he's in this as well. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, oh, stranger uh, things, same kid. 
No, no, no. You're thinking a uh, Bill. Bill's the one whose Georgie's arm got bit off. The brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, okay. Stutter, stuttering Bill. Yeah. Billy boy. Um. So today, Junior. So the the cult survivor girl, the kids, and the the father go up to this um lodge in in the it's called the lodge during in the winter. It almost has a shining kind of feel. It's very atmospheric. The whole movie is based on setting. Um and crazy shit starts happening. Um, I loved, I love this movie. It was one that I had high expectations for. It succeeded. It exceeded my expectations because it did not go where I was expecting in the slightest. I ended up being really pissed off at one point in the movie. And I know you'll be pissed off too. Cause you're going to be like, what the fuck? Um, my pick for you this week is the lodge. It very much feels like an a 24 movie. It's very small cast. It's very isolated. And when shit starts going, and it, it, I will say it is a slow burn. There isn't going to be shit that grosses you out, really. It is not scary like Hereditary. There's a Hereditary vibe to it. And you could tell the directors were inspired by this. This was only the director's second movie. It's a, a man and female duo. Their first movie was a German film called Goodnight Mommy that was deeply unsettling. I would describe The Lodge as unsettling. So my pick for you this week is The Lodge. The Lodge. OK. Yes. Yeah. I, and I, saw I believe you, uh, I saw you post about this on Facebook. Yeah, about it, it. So I, I was, I was floored by it. Um, it, it's another one. Um, it, it's a little divisive. Um, I've seen some people say that they thought they're mad because they thought it was going to be something else. Um, I like, I like when things. Uh, Josh and I were just having a conversation about this the other day with the movie Funny People, and people were mad at it because they marketed it as the follow up to Forty Year Old Virgin and the Knocked Up, and it ended up being something else. And for even for Josh, he didn't love it the first time he saw it, and then he rewatched it, and he's like, "This is actually a great movie." Yeah, I hate that movie the first time i saw it it took it took me almost 10 like as long as it was like you bet like like putting it in my head like yo like this is a good movie fucking sit down and watch it and yeah it really is then you, fantastic then you, then you then you realize it and um so i would say this one exceeded all my expectations the lodge is the pick for this week cool i'm actually really right. excited about that all right so guys i actually have an update for you um uh so we were talking about it on the show last week is that someone has been trying to hack our twitter account <laughs> Um, they create even created a Twitter account called uh, YWIL Hacker. Um, all of us ignored it. Uh, Taylor, you blocked it. Um, yes, I did. Yes. Yeah, so so uh, he heard us talk about last week how I said because um, even text they texted me last week and none of us had the number. Um, they t- uh, they I guess they listened while I was berating them and uh, the YWIL Hacker on Twitter released a statement um, after hearing what I had to say that I was going to one up whatever he does and he's not going to like it. So uh, this is a statement that he released. Twitter account is now known as former YWIL hacker. And I have my own update from here. Um, So the statement reads as I'm embarrassed at this awful troll attempt. This was supposed to be humorous, but instead it was mocked on the podcast. At a fear of retaliation from Dan Perosi, I was threatened on the show. <laughs> I am reconsidering revealing myself. I've seen Dan's wrath and don't want to put myself in harm's way. I would like to personally apologize for wasting everybody's time with this awful gimmick. I'll come up with something better in the future from the former YWIL hacker. Dude, it's Ralph. It's Ralph. Um, Look, no, it's this it's is not, not look at this. T- look at look at the fucking Taylor. Look at the shit. 
That's that's a hundred percent Ralph, no, but dude. that no, that's I'm telling you, it's not Ralph because the number that texted me, he wouldn't have access to another one. I promise you, it's not Ralph. Um, I, I'm I'm actually like a hundred percent sure it's I, not Ralph. I, you know, what? I'm actually happy I stopped myself. I almost revealed where he works. <laughs> well, um, the other thing I could tell you, the other reason I know it's not Ralph is because Ralph doesn't listen to the show. Fair enough. That's true. That's very true. Um, He's actually so, told me plenty of times. He goes, I don't correct. listen to your stupid fucking show. Correct. So <laughs> what I what I will t- and he definitely even if he was listening. I didn't start saying this till about two and a half hours into the NFL podcast. So I have a general idea on who it is. Um, I actually say I know who it is. So uh, because they sent me from a phone number, they sent me a number from a phone number, even if it was a burner, I was able to trace where it came from. So I'm going to propose something to the former YWIL hacker. Reveal yourself. You have to reveal Stupid. yourself. You have to do it yourself or I'm going to do something that you really won't like because I know where you work. I actually got into your own Facebook profile as well. <laughs> so you may not like what happens after the fact. So I'm going to give you up until next week. I don't buy for to, a second that you're not involved in this. <laughs> uh, Josh, Josh, I'm, I swear on every, I swear on my, my dog, my cats, uh, landlord, family. I have nothing to do with this. I was literally reading the statement to the landlord earlier today. <laughs> I, I would, at this point, uh, first off, I wouldn't do a gimmick this bad. I wouldn't release a statement this bad. I wouldn't make a terrible Photoshop where they took out the original statement, because that's in Hebrew, and did it in paint, because it goes from like eggshell to just plain white. Come on. I'll do a little bit better Dude. than that. I know. See, no, is. this is you trying to cover your tracks. <laughs> You're making it so bad that, that we would I, never expect it to be you. That's how I know it's you. I see. Yeah. I know that you know that I think that it's you, so you're doing everything that you can to cover your tracks. Josh, you're way overthinking this one. I promise you, okay. dude. Hold on, you, wait, you've, wait been, Dan. you've been wrong before, but you've never been more wrong. Dan, if you want to hear how just how far that goes, it got to a point where Josh and I were de- were texting each other like, so do we think Dan's involved? I'm like, yeah. He goes, yeah, but it's like, how do I know you're not involved? And he goes, how do I know you're not involved? And this I literally is- go, and he goes, look what he's done to us. Okay, so <laughs> let, 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 me ask, <laughs> let me ask you this. If I was trying to hack into my own Twitter account, why would I be getting the text messages on my own phone no, about changing I, the password? I, I, I agree with you. I, that's what I'm saying. I I know. I'm just saying is like this, 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 there's just always going to be speculation. That's just of course, of course, and that's fair. I, I realize that, but I'm telling you for a fact. I will. I know who it is, and I want to reveal it, but I'm going to give them a week because other than that, if they don't, I will retaliate, and they will not like the retaliation because I got access to their Facebook, I got access to their personal Twitter account because they really didn't do a good job of cleaning up their tracks. And I I'm was very good. At- I was very like I was very tempted to call that number, but I sure. just don't know why I didn't. I guess it might might be a burner. I don't. I don't know. I didn't. Know yeah, how to figure it's, it out. But. I, I I know who it is. We know who it is. Um, I'm going to give them a week. And can, then, you, uh, can, can you tell us and swear us the secrecy? Sure, I can tell you off the air. That that's um, no that's problem. what I would say. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I want to I want to play this out, and I want to give them every opportunity. I agree. If they don't, they're really not going to like the repercussions here because not only do I have all their personal stuff, I got their work email and then I could just spam their work email. So their inbox gets full and then they have to call their IT. And when they look, it's just it's Woods, big black dick all in their <laughs> inbox. That would be <laughs> evil, dude. Evil. I'm an, I'm an evil bastard, Taylor. I know. Right. I'm well aware. Okay, So, guys, why don't we get into um, the next thing is uh, what have you been watching this week? Uh, Taylor. 
So I've actually I've been doing. It's funny. The show is called You Watch I Listen. I've been doing a good a good hefty bit of both. Um, I set up a second TV in my living room, so now I Very have nice. two screens going. Um, but I've been listening and watching a lot of old Joe Rogan episodes. Some of my Very favorites, good. including some the one he just did with uh, this guy Jordan Carr, mm-hmm. who was uh, you know Navy SEAL best selling author. Yeah. So I've just been doing a lot of that. I text you guys when I was listening. Probably my favorite episode is uh, Boss Root and Marl Ronello. Oh, it's telling so old pride stories. How like. Mirko Krokop gets paid $2 million cash, just takes it in suitcases and goes back to Croatia. Like that's some badass, that's some badass shit. Well, he was a um, real life bastard. <laughs> Krokop, he- <laughs> yes. I mean, he, I mean, like he definitely like killed somebody for sure. Uh, like with a knife, not with a gun either. Like just look well, at the was, fucking stare down with him. He, and was, he was a literal on the Croatian special forces. Like the Krokop has a name. <laughs> Croatian yeah, <dude>. cop. <laughs> that's fucking nuts. Uh, so he had a lot of Joe Rogan episodes. Uh, uh, last night, me, Justin, and Jay decided to re-download Gears of War Ultimate Edition, the remaster of the first game, and play online for old time's sake. We're like, yeah, we'll get back playing this. We'll be good. Turned out just to be a regular one-night stand. Uh, we were, <laughs> we we were absolutely – we were trash, and everyone was way too good at it. And uh, it got so bad that we all just uninstalled at the same time. Yeah, I was going to say because the thing is like while you guys have stopped playing, people haven't stopped playing for 10, 11 years. Yeah. It's funny. I was playing Gears of War last night and on my memories on Facebook exactly 11 years ago, it says chilling on my status, chilling and playing Gears of War. Not much has changed in 11 years. I was say 11 years ago must have been Gears of War 3, right? First, first one. 11 years ago was the first Gears of War? Yeah, yeah, because they, because uh, the Ultimate Edition was the 10th anniversary remaster. Wow, yeah, I'm just looking it up now, like, um, I want to see exactly when it came out, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah, because I, out, yeah. 2000, yeah it, came out, it came out in 2006, so you were still playing it 11, um, in 2009. 2009, yep. Wow. So what have you Play been that. watching besides playing the old games? Um, trying to, you know, trying to really just hammer down on Silicon Valley, but I haven't had any off days, but it's been working like a son of a bitch. Uh, it's actually been picking up at work, which has been pretty cool. That's good. Uh, yeah. Silicon Valley. Um, how far, to, how far are you into Silicon Valley? Uh, three episodes. Okay. Very good. So I'm still at the very, very beginning. I still, and, I, I still laugh at the fact that Kid Rock was at the opener of that fucking thing and no, and one, no cared. one cared at all. <laughs> Yeah, it's honestly I I liked it from the beginning, but it was right around the end of season one into season two that it really takes off. And T.J. Miller's hilarious, Gilfoyle's hilarious, Ganesh is funny. Um, the guy Jared that ends up being like their assistant is my favorite. He played Gabe on The Office. Ah, uh, he's yeah. great. But you'll like that one as you go through it. Mm. So yeah, that's about it. Uh, Josh, I know you uh, watched a bunch of shit this week. Yes, I did. So uh, off of my homework last week, I watched both um, Wolf of Wall Street and I watched um, uh, Parasite. Wolf of Wall Street, I loved. I don't know, know what I did uh, waiting so long to, to watch I, it. The, I the don't part, know either. The part like very shortly after he meets Jonah Hill and they're smoking crack. <laughs> <laughs> they're just come like, on, man. Smoke crack with me. Come on, smoke, come on, man. Smoke crack with me, bro. Smoke crack <laughs> with me. Let me ask you, and, did you and he goes, marry your cousin? <laughs> I, I just love he goes, I want to fuck 
fucking run! And he just takes the thing off and starts swinging it around. I love that the story about how Jonah Hill had to practice speaking with those teeth in. He just kept calling Best Buy customer service and was just asking them questions that weren't real, so we could learn how to talk like that. Well, that that was how he that was how he got noticed. He was, uh, I think, Sean Penn heard his prank calls, and that's what got him noticed at first. Yeah, he was friends. With, he was friends with his son or something. So you love you love Wolf of Wall Street, dude. How great yeah, was it? Loved it. Loved it. It's, it's amazing. Uh, Dude, the best part of that movie is T and E. That's not what I said. T and E. (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) The whole movie is so funny. It's a black comedy entirely. And Leo, the the scene when when he passes out with the delayed release and he has to crawl around, he should have won an Oscar just for that because what he put his body through. Dude, the part part when the inner monologue the entire time and he's like, he's crawling and he's like, fuck, how does the baby make it look so easy? (laughs) (laughs) I like what Jonah Hill chokes on the deli meat. And, oh, oh, oh. No, the FBI. <laughs> Steve Madden. <laughs> Women's shoes. <laughs> the whole, I like when he sees Margot Robbie the first time. Joe Hill comes out. <laughs> so hot. I want to fuck her. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah, and uh, Parasite, you know, uh, I liked it. It wasn't bad. Um, I don't, like, like, you know, I told you, and you, you don't agree with me. And that's, you know, that's fine. You know, we all have our opinions. I, I just, I didn't buy into the hype on it. And, um, I don't think it was as good as everybody else seems to think. And, uh, I guess that's just me. No, no. I just want to clear up too. I wasn't disagreeing with you just to disagree with you to be a dick. I just like, I, I, I like it a lot. I think the big sticking point with parasite was the execution of the writing and the way in the way in which it was filmed and the way the story progressed throughout the entire movie. I think that's the bigger sticking point. You know what I mean? Like that's what, that's sure. what I, I just think. I, I mean, the big reason it, it stands out is because its it story is very base level, but it's an entire expose into class warfare at the base level about uh, a family come going, you know, from the bottom, working their way up to the top, trying to, but staying there. And literally it's entirely class warfare. And the last 15, 20 minutes of that are just bonkers, bonkers. I can't wait to see what they do with the HBO adaptation continuation with Mark Ruffalo or whatever. Um, it, it'll be interesting. I hope it's just a continuation rather than an American remake. Um, but it is the original, the guy that wrote and directed it. That's going to be doing it for HBO. Um, so this week I watched, I obviously I watched the lodge. I did watch that, uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, extraction, uh, Netflix after people were hyping up. It was good. Um, it, it's not John wick. I it, comparable, I guess it literally starts out the same kind of way. John wick does at first John wick. It's like him almost dead. You don't really know how he got to that point. And this one, it starts out Chris Hemsworth on a bridge bleeding, almost dead. And then it flashes back to how he got to that point. Action scenes. Great. The story is probably considered below average, but the action sequences are phenomenal. Um, it's, it, I, it's just it was hard to care. You didn't have that like reason to care like you did with John Wick. You kill a guy's dog. He's a widow, widower. You care. And it's Keanu. I love Chris Hemsworth, but he ain't Keanu Reeves. Yeah, but Keanu it was, Reeves. Was, it, it was great it, in that. It, it, it was good. There were some great action sequences. Um, I didn't love the director. He didn't film it very great, but it was a very, very entertaining movie. Um, obviously, Westworld is continuing. Um, Josh, Josh, what did you think of Westworld this week? I liked it. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. You know, I thought it was a good uh, a good setup to the finale. I like what yeah. they've done this year. Um, I think that trimming those two episodes off really kind of um, takes uh, some of that bloatedness better. off. You know, it doesn't feel quite as drawn out. 
Yeah, uh, agreed completely. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens with the finale. Um, I kind of don't really know where it's going to go right now, which is cool. Um, I feel like they've done a better job so far this season of kind of keeping everyone on their toes. Um, leaving the park will do that. So I'll be interested to see, uh, especially this past week's episode, really does, you don't know where it's going to go. Um, I am interested to watch that Hugh Jackman movie that's on HBO. It's supposed to be really good. Um, Bad Education, I think it's called, with him and Allison Janney. Um, They're saying he's awesome in it. She's a great actress. So I'm interested to try that one out. That might be my next watch. Um, I like that. I I do like that. Um, we got Bob watching all this stuff he hasn't seen before. Um, it's cool to like go on that journey with someone that's seeing these, like, like he's watching boogie nights for the first time ever. Like, yeah, that's how uh... do you, how do you, like, I, I rewatched it this week and I also rewatched, uh, with the landlord almost famous, um, which I always forget how much I like it until I watch it again. Um, but, uh, boogie nights is, it's a perfect movie. It's a perfect movie. The cast is great. There's just so many weird lines. Like heard you got a great big cop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know Philip Seymour Hoffman, the scene when he tries to kiss Marky Mark, and then he's sitting in the car by himself. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> but, so but the, funny. But it's so funny. But the best part about that is that he's so good at acting. You legitimately feel bad for the guy. Yeah, for for, for, just, for just misreading the situation. But yeah, dude, I die at William H Macy walking out on his wife getting fucked all the time, and he's just like, ah. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, just, I mean, that's one of my favorite directors, Paul Thomas Anderson. It's when you're my your least favorite of uh, my least favorite of your movies that you've done is There Will Be Blood and Punch Drunk Love, which I like both a lot. It hmm. says something about your filmography. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the fact that Daniel Day Lewis's last movie he chose you to do it with says something about you. Yeah, definitely. What- <laughs> Is he, isn't he the first one to win three straight Academy Awards? Well, he not, didn't win three straight. straight. He, he won three. Uh, I believe he was the first. There might have been someone else back in like the golden age. Yeah, right. Um, who's won? Let's see. Well, won, I, I know. Three. So he he won four. Hang on. What? Wait, let me guess. He won four. Well, he definitely won for Lincoln. That's for sure. Yes. The other one was. Did he win for There Will Be Blood? Daniel Plain. Yes. You? Yeah, he and won his. The, the other one was it. Uh, is it my left foot? My left foot. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's been um uh, looks like six uh, three time winners. Uh, Meryl Streep won three times. Uh, Jack Nicholson won three times. And it's crazy. Like he won two of the ones he won for. I would have swapped that out for Chinatown and The Shining. Like he didn't get nominated for The Shining, but he won lead actor That's for nuts. one. He won lead actor for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is one of the greatest movies ever made. Hmm. Uh, Terms of Endearment, which is really good, and his last one that he won for was As Good as It Gets, which is a good movie. Um, the other ones that won were uh, Ingrid Bergman, um, old time actor Catherine Hepburn, which uh, she's actually a four-time winner. Um, she won for Morning Glory, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, The Lion in the Winter, On Golden Pond. Um, I believe she's also the only Oscar winner that had someone win an Oscar for playing them. Um, Kate Blanchett, okay. pl- Blanchett played Catherine Hepburn in um, The Aviator, which is a great Leo performance. Um, and she was phenomenal in that. And then the num- other one that won was Walter Brennan, who uh, another one won one in the 30s and 40s when it was much easier to win that many times. But Daniel right. Day-Lewis and Meryl Streep and Jack are the only modern people that have won. There's a bunch of people that probably should have multiple. And you could look at guys right now that have won two and you're like, oh, they're, they, they'll probably win another when their career is all said and done. Uh, first Tom one Hanks. I think of is Tom, Tom Hanks has won two. Um, 
I, I don't know. I it's he, he won two so early and he won them back to back. The fact that he hasn't won one since then makes me wonder if yeah. he will get one. But recently, a guy that's won two in back to back years in two different categories was Mahershala Ali for uh, Moonlight and then winning for Green Book. Um, one of the best working actors. I could see him winning another one as well, depending on the role he does, obviously. Well, watch, he, he brings the first Oscar to the MCU as Blade. <laughs> I know. Who knows when we're going to get I'm, Blade? Who knows I'm, when I'm we're just saying, get? imagine. Who knows when we're going to get any mo- Marvel movies at this point? After Black Widow, I don't think there's going to be a Marvel movie in 2021. I... I, I pretty much have to agree with that i mean i especially now like we talked about it with um you know amc and all the major uh well it's amc it's it's, it's amc and universal that are beefing and uh, we were talking about this in the group chat last night but it's over trolls world tour um the trolls movie which i know and it's funny because like bob was like shocked when i said that and i'm like dude the first one made 346 million dollars and this one on video on demand did over a hundred million in its first weekend, which is crazy. Yeah, so uh, I, I understand Universal being annoyed that they're missing out on that box office, but I also understand why Universal would do it. It's one thing if it was a rated R release, but it's a family release, and you got these parents that are stuck with their kids, and kids love that kind of shit. So now we're gonna miss out potentially. Josh will miss out in Fast and the Furious in the theater. That also means <laughs> Bond Twenty Five will not be in the theater. Uh, no Time to Die would not be in the movie theaters because that's a Universal film yeah. um, and, who, and who knows what else um, and it's not even just AMC now uh, Regal Cinemas has dropped out another small chain has dropped out um, it, it's it's really interesting to see as this battle between video on demand and the chains is gearing up to be a lot like the uh, streaming services and the movie theater chains um, I, I don't know there's got to be a middle ground here um, I, there has to be I think like movie theaters are going to have to drastically change their business obviously as things open up uh, I think it's going to be a great time for the drive-in movie theater industry. As um, I know in um, Jackson, New Jersey, they're opening up a pop-up um, drive-in movie theater, and more companies are applying for licenses to put up pop-up drive-in theaters at parks and fields. Great idea. Great idea. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you, one, you get people out the house, and two, they could actually watch a movie. So, you know, kill two birds, with, uh, kill two birds at the same time. Kill two birds yeah. with one stone. That's what it was. That's that's I, the phrase. Yeah, kill two birds <laughs> at the same time. I like that. I, I almost said uh, kill two birds while stoned. That's not the yeah. same thing. I mean, you uh, could. Um, but I, I think what it would be cool, because we obviously, we have a drive-in movie theater in our backyard. It's a 10-minute drive for both Josh and I. Um once they open back up, they should not – obviously, there's not a lot of new releases, but play some old shit, man. Do like theme nights. Do like uh, – you know, do a Kubrick night. Do a Scorsese night. Do a horror movie night. Do family movie night. They would make a killing. I don't know where people are going to go to the bathroom. Bring yourself a slop bucket and a piss jug. But um, it's – obviously, you can let people bring in their own concessions. It would be a great, great time for the drive-in movie theater business. Yeah, I mean, next you know you're gonna be a bunch of de- there's gonna be a bunch of degenerates that just bring like a keg. Like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna I'm gonna, we're gonna watch Twister and get fucked up. I, I'm gonna bring a deep fryer, uh-huh. <laughs> deep fried turkey. <laughs> just, just just make sure the turkey is ice cold when you drop it into the hot oil. That's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> um, so. Uh, 
I'm actually really excited. Next weekend, we're going to get UFC 249. They did it right this time. Um, the card is sick. This is one of the best cards, top to bottom, I've ever seen. Um, it, it's going to kind of, it still kind of sucks. There's no fans there, but it's a great card. Um, you know, the first fighters you'll really, I mean, even the opening fight, Ryan Spann versus Sh- Sam Alvey is a good fight. Bryce Mitchell versus Charles Rosa. Uh, Vicente Luque versus Nico Price is a banger to end the early prelims on ESPN+. Plus. Then listen to this undercard. Uriah Hall versus Jacare. D-O. Okay. Carla uh, Esparza versus Michelle Waterson, the karate hottie. Okay. Okay. Uh, Alexi Olenek versus Fabrizio Verdum, former UFC heavyweight champion. Yeah. And the main event on the ESPN prelims, Donald Cerrone versus Anthony Pettis, too. Uh, so that's the end that part. So then you get to the main card. Opens up with Greg Hardy versus Jorgen DeCastro. Jeremy Stevens versus Calvin Qatar. Francis Jesus. Nagano versus a guy's name that I can't pronounce, but it's way more African than even his. Um, <laughs> then the co-main event is Henry Cejudo defending his title against maybe the greatest champion at this weight class ever. The returning after four years, Dominic Cruz. Hell yeah. I'm That's in for that nuts, one. Dude. And the main event, a brawl, a banger, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. This is a great card. I will not pay for it. I will stream it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to, I'm going to end up paying for it. I know I, I might. I'm honestly, I may, I really want to see this card. I mean, there's not a fight on here that I, I want to miss almost always when I say every fight's going to be great. There ends up being a boring one. Who would have thought Derek Lewis versus Ninganu would have been boring. Right. But on paper, this is awesome. The fight that probably is the most potential to be boring is Uriah Hall versus Jacare. Cause you never know with the, um, when someone fights Jacare, cause they're so afraid of getting taken down that they're tentative on the feet and they try to keep their distance. But, um, uh, we'll talk more about predictions on that fight next week. And then, we're going to have UFCs every weekend after that for a while, fight nights, which I'm looking forward to. Finally, um, some sort of live sport to watch. It's been exactly 50 days without any live sports. Yeah, and um, it was so, the ratings for the NFL draft were crazy. I'm not surprised whatsoever. And I actually got to say, I thought the virtual draft was great. I thought it went really, really well. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I, so I, I want to reference your little discussion on Twitter with sure. friend of the friend of the show, Adam. Sure. Um, I agree with what you're saying with that the entire draft being moved to being just virtual as a normal as a normal mm-hmm. thing. I see that. I don't know, maybe it's just me as a traditionalist and what the draft is really transformed into, but the 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 spectacle of the draft is something that is really hard to replicate. Um, I understand it's easier for execs and coaches and family members just to sit at home and do it that way. But, and you know, that's on a personal level, but what, but you take away the, you know, the spectacle, the extravaganza that, that becomes the NFL draft. And I know it's really like really the first day, the first round is really the big time moment because you know second and third days you get your you know you get your on the scrub guys maybe you'll get a good value pick here or there but mostly no one cares yeah really um you know until preseason starts but uh i I mean they did do a very good job it could have gone catastrophically bad and thankfully it didn't um you know we would have had like an elvis doomerville situation hey we want to re-sign him no facts so, um, so I, I'm not saying I, I, I love the, the draft when it goes normally, but the fact that it went so smoothly and that the people that make these decisions raved about it is it wasn't me saying they should go to a virtual draft. I'm telling you, they will go to a virtual draft. They'll do something like where each team, they already do this anyway, where at the, their venues, they have a fan fest, a fan event during the draft so they can 
watch it. And then they'll video in the draft pick to the fans so we could say something to them and speak to them and they'll have a camera there. But the fact that the, the coaches, the executives, and even the players that were drafted said they were much happier being with their family and friends than they would have been at an event where it's only like one of their, their agent and their friends and a friend or their mother or whatever, that's where they're going to go. And I think teams seem like they made much better decisions because there was a bit, a better level of calm, which might mean your team drafts better too. Any team drafts better because sure. of that. Um, so I, I don't, I'm not saying I want it to go to that. It will go to that eventually after they, they, they're going to respond to ratings more than they will a gate at a, an event in Tennessee or in Cleveland or in Vegas because advertising dollars make more money than a live gate does. The UFC makes more money off a pay-per-view or even on a, a fight night on ESPN because people are paying out the ass for those, um, those advertising spots because of the ratings. Of course. So if people know that it's not something you're going to be able to go to and something you could only watch, that means there's going to be more people glued to the TV. They spend more money on advertising. I see no way after they do it in Vegas in two years that it isn't going entirely virtual or at least mostly virtual. I'll say mostly virtual. Yeah. i say the other thing, too. I learned that uh, that war room for Jerry Jones, that was a super yacht. I thought that was just a bunker in his basement. I saw someone say that. They were wondering Stupid. if it was like a uh, if it was like a, uh, a bomb shelter. But then someone I saw someone tweet, is that a yacht? Because it kind of does look like that. And of course he was on a yacht. Nothing you know, speaks better than the common man during a pandemic where 30 million Americans are on unemployment than a guy doing his NFL draft from his super yacht. I hope it fucking <laughs> sinks <laughs> with Justin on it, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, Justin should be on it. Imagine so, um, imagine him in the war room. Imagine him sitting next to Jerry and Jerry no, takes Jerry, CD Lamb. You're fucking stupid. Don't. <laughs> no, that's, don't. Dude, don't. Dude, that, that's, that's right up. That's, I love that that's, Bill Belichick appears to live in just a regular-ass house. <laughs> Dude, I love that. He took a like, he took a division two safety. What else would he do? <laughs> like, it's no, nothing that would make me laugh more was like if he, if uh, when they drafted C.D. Lamb. Same thing what Justin said to his mother when they uh, when the Des Bryant the pinky out catch. Yep, it was like shut up, mom. I don't deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> Tells Jerry Jones he doesn't deserve it. Um, so we uh, we talked about it in the chat about um, potential what might happen with the NFL season. Um, right now, a tentative date uh, that is being discussed is starting the season on October 15th. Some crazy things going on there. Um, I don't think there's going to be a college football season because I don't think there's going to be kids on the campus this year. Um, if there's no college football, the NFL is already looking into moving games to both Saturdays and Sundays. Great idea. Fantastic idea. Um, I'm all for it. Three straight days of football, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'm about it. So if, if the NCAA decides to, you know, just forget next year, um, what happens to the eligibility of some people? Like, like can they still declare? Obviously, obviously there's a That's lot a good more question. that we, ha we have to dive into there, but like, because right now, even as we speak, Trevor Lawrence is a consensus number one overall pick yeah, next year. For sure. Barring, barring injury or a catastrophic year, and even then he should be. Of course, but I guess that's just my question. So, because I think they extended eligibility one year already for seniors. Yes, I correct. Um, um, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, would they just allow some of them to enter the Rule Five draft? Um, the su the that, supplemental draft, same thing. 
Oh, uh, yeah. So, sorry. The supplement. I'm thinking rule five draft is baseball. The supplemental draft. Yeah. And then a team would have to be willing to give up their first round pick next year. Now, you're not going to tell you're going to tell me that if Trevor Lawrence is like, hey, I'm going to enter the supplemental draft that the Patriots won't give up their first round pick for him. Uh, or the, the Jaguars won't give up their first round pick for him or the Raiders. A million teams would that unless they just drafted a quarterback. And obviously they'll be able to get a bigger contract then too, that if they decide as an undrafted free agent. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting because I don't think there's going to be, uh, I don't think students are going to be on campus. And if they're not on campus, maybe they make an exception for college football that have no fans like, like Likely we'll see with the NFL. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, we are getting um, some more info on baseball, becoming more and more confident there will be a season. A wild proposal on how they'll do that, uh, how they'll split the teams into divisions uh, makes it both tougher. Uh, I would say it makes it tougher for the Yankees and maybe easier for the Mets in some ways. Um, it, it's it's kind of weird how that works because um, the Yankees play in a pretty easy division. Let's be fair. The, the Rays are good. Um, I want to see the, the proposal so I can discuss um, what the divisions would be. So, the, uh, so, the, so basically, what you're saying is the divisions as they stand right now, like normal, like they would not like, exist. Those, okay, those don't exist this year. Then they, there okay. would be there would be three divisions. Okay, um, let me find where, where this is. Okay, nope, this isn't the right one. When is this from? Yeah, it's from a while ago. Uh, let me see. So, is it like best best record gets by directly to the World Series? Well, this will actually the, add. This teams? would this would actually add more playoff teams. They would do expanded playoffs. So there'd be three divisions. Um, there'd be the Central, which would be the Cubs, the White Sox, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Royals, the Reds, the Indians, the Twins, the Braves, and the Tigers. So instantly, the Yankees won't have to face the Twins, which hurts them. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Um, so that that's one side. Uh, the West. This is kind of cool because you're going to get the Dodgers and Angels in the same division. I like that kind of shit. Dodgers, Angels, Giants, Athletics, Padres, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Rangers, Astros, Mariners. That's pretty cool. For one year, that's cool. I dig that. Yeah. Why does California have like five fucking teams? Because it's fucking huge. Bullshit. (laughs) Um, Okay. Now the East, this is where it pertains to us. The Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Nationals, the Orioles, the Phillies, the Pirates, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Marlins. That sounds uh, not easy. Um, well, no, no, let me let me explain why. So, a couple things that make it easier: we get the Orioles, okay. you, get the, you get the Pirates in your division, uh-huh. you get the Blue Jays who are doing better, but they're not great, and the Marlins we get to keep, and the Red Sox who are going to be really bad. So you look at that. Next year, we're, yeah. we're taking the the Mets are taking on a bad team in the Red Sox, a bad team in the Orioles, a bad team in the Pirates, a bad team in the Blue Jays, and a bad team in the Marlins. Five bad teams, okay? So the Yankees, the Yankees... Oh, sorry. So with this, they're getting rid of interleague play and shit? That's what's happening You're only going to play the teams in your division. Okay. That's it. So the Yankees would be adding a potential playoff team in the Mets, the defending World Series champion in the Nationals, a potential playoff team in the Phillies, and a playoff team in the Rays. So they're adding four playoff teams. The Mets are literally adding two playoff playoff teams. So it, it does make it very, very interesting. Um, I, there would be an expanded playoff. So it would in theory, make it easier for the Mets to sneak in as well or get in whatever. Um, but it, I mean, we're going to have to deal with the Phillies and the nationals regardless. That doesn't change, change anything for us. The Marlins are going to be bad, although slightly better. Um, it, it, I definitely think this benefits the Mets more than the Yankees. Josh, as a Yankees fan, would you agree? 
Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it benefits the Mets in the way that there's less good teams for them to face, but the Yankees still have the same amount of good teams that they have to face, so nope. it doesn't really hurt or... Well, no, the Yankees are facing more good teams on a regular basis. You went from facing one good team in your division to now no, having to face... Not, you, no, because now they're not going to have to face the Astros. They're no, not going to have I'm to talking, face... I'm talking your division. I'm talking... you got to think think about it like divisions. These are divisions, not conferences. We're talking like this is the now, this is now the AL East, this is now the AL West, this is now the AL Central. So you're so only going to be... Those are the only teams that you're playing. Correct. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So those are the only teams you're playing. You're not you. So but you take the Astros more, out. You put the Nationals more. in. You're not playing. You're not going to be playing the a team like the Twins eight times. You're going to be playing a team like the Nationals fourteen times. Yeah, still. You're you playing. Know. You're playing better teams more. Yeah, but you're. you're so okay. So if, if you take. If you take the Nationals and you play them 14 times, then that's eight times that you're not playing the Astros and eight times that you're not playing, you say, uh, you know, who the fuck else is good in, in the AL? Nobody. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, facts. <laughs> Nobody. I mean, uh, uh, the Twins aren't bad, but you beat them up, so I don't count them. They're not yeah. good. The Indians aren't bad. Um, the the White Sox might be better. The, the the Angels might be better. You don't really know. The A's are always tough. Yeah. But I think it's just a consistency of, uh, like, you don't have uh, as many bad teams to beat up on is what I mean. Yeah. Like, how many of the Yankees hitters feast on facing the Orioles? And you'll still get to face the Orioles. But yeah. not, you'll be have to face better pitching in the Mets, in the Nationals, in the Phillies, in the um, – you'll still be facing the Rays. Um, I think it's going to make it very, very interesting. Um, uh, for one year in this weird situation, uh, as someone that's a very much a baseball traditionalist, I love it. I love. Yeah. It. I just want baseball. I, I like it. I think it's an interesting idea, and you know, for yeah, there's going to be. You look at the Yankees and the Nationals. They might they might go seven and seven. They might split sure. that series on the uh, on the season. The Yankees also Thanks. might fucking beat the Marlins twelve out of fourteen times. You know what I'm saying? It, like it's, it's it's but you know what's always weird though? It, the Yankees have this problem with Florida teams because I think the last time there was interleague play, the Marlins swept the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, <laughs> and when they were bad, um, when the Rays are bad. And when they're good, the Yankees always lost to them. When they're before the Rays were in like the World Series of Joe Madden back in 08, they uh they the Rays beat beat them every year. No matter how bad the Rays were, they always beat the Yankees. The only bad team they beat up on a consistent basis is the Orioles. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so I, I think everyone beat up on the Orioles, dude. Yeah. I was thinking something funny. So you know how in baseball the manager also wears like the uniform? Yeah. Like as I said, so now I think with this weird sports thing coming, when football starts up, I want the coaches to have to wear the same uniform as the football players. Like full pads and helmets. I want to see Bel- <laughs> I want to see Belichick in pads and helmets out there with the headset called, but he can wear the hoodie still. Well, isn't I, it strange I, I, that baseball is the only one, only sport where the coaches wear the same exact well, thing as the players? I, I I was gonna say what what if what if uh, what if they do the Jack Del Rio approach and just wear a full suit and tie? I want them to bring that back. I that love so cool. I love that look, the classic look that used to see. Ditka and Lombardi and Shula where they're wearing the suit. I love that shit. Like you see it in basketball still. I love that. It would yeah. be funny to see someone like Popovich in uh, shorts and uh, the <laughs> basketball suit. <laughs> Imagine just shorts and a t-shirt fucking yelling, hack-a-shack, hack-a-shack. Dude, so did you watch uh, the newest episodes of The Last Dance? Yes, I did. I watched both of them and I loved both of them. This is one of the best documentary series I've ever oh, seen. It's awesome. Um, my, my biggest takeaway from it was remembering that Carmen Electra turned me into a man. 
Yo. <laughs> I, like, she looks amazing. Sell, sell. Wow. I, it's actually funny. I remember the first time I, I remember I came across my dad's porno sash, right? Like his his, okay. his tapes, his magazines, and he knew I went through it because the pages were stuck together. And uh, <laughs> no, no, he knew I went through it. And he's like, listen, I'll buy you a Playboy. I'm like, all right, great. So like, we went to like a 7-Eleven that weekend and he bought me a Playboy and it was one of the times Carmen Electra was in it. So that was like my first forte and actually, you know, shutted myself. <laughs> uh, I mean, hell yeah, but, dude. I mean, you got to think about from she was I would consider her in the 90s more of a sex symbol that I mean, I guess you could say with Pam Anderson, it's hard to argue against her because she actually had sex on tape. We Fact. know she she can fuck. But Carmen Electra, you got to think in Good Burger. Scary movie, <laughs> scary movie. Yeah, <laughs> like Good uh, it, I loved how she was talking about how Jordan came to the hotel and she hid. <laughs> but like, why would you hide though? Like, it's not a big deal. Who gives a shit? Uh, is it? You know, shit is bad when they got to send Michael Jordan to get you in Vegas. You know, they were worried about what Rodman was doing. And well, just Rodman was so cool. <laughs> it was well, so fucking weird. I was gonna say the other thing that was that, like you know, like uh, a lot of people that didn't watch those '90s Bulls teams didn't really know how good Dennis Rodman really was. Oh, you know dude. how good of a basketball player he is. If Michael Jordan goes after you in Vegas to come back and play for the goddamn Bulls, I, I love the stat they showed that uh, Rodman had like 22 games of 20 rebounds with no points. And they said the next closest person that has that has two of them, dude. <laughs> I, the other thing, but the other thing, like, so with watching this, you get a lot of people that think they know what they're fucking talking about as normal, but they're like, yeah, Rodman was trash with the Spurs. That's not even remotely true. No, he just he wasn't as dedicated to being that animal that we know him as. That maybe he, you know the greatest perimeter defender and interior defender the league's ever seen. Yeah, um, he was just it was so much fun watching him. Horrible to use an NBA 2K if you're trying to score points it's trash put him to the uh, foul line he's terrible yeah, <laughs> i say the other thing too i mean without dennis rodman we never would have had the conversation with north korea thank you no, dennis I, rodman. dude his whole life is crazy weird i mean madonna vivica a fox carmen electra nwo <laughs> yeah, yeah was it was had, had a tag team match it was him and hogan versus ddp and carl malone yeah exactly but <laughs> yeah. well, i guess that's better than jay, jay leno and ddp against hulk hogan oh, yeah. and eric bischoff or do you remember when Drew Carey was in the Royal Rumble against Kane? Well, Kane had the, the streak where he was beating up Pete Rose all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it was so funny. Um, the last thing I have here, we talked about this a little bit as well, is uh, the weird shit happening with um, uh, Naughty Dog uh, Gaming Company and Last of Us 2. The whole fucking plot and spoilers of Last of Us 2 leaked out. People are pissed. It was leaked by employees because they get treated like slaves, which happens at most of the gaming studios, unfortunately. Um, I Thankfully, I saw that it was leaking out, and I quick went muted Last of Us words in uh, Twitter so it wouldn't pop up at all because I know people had it ruined for them. Yeah, I went and uh, I went and had a peek, just to say the least. I, I'm not I'm not going to say anything because it's I, I, I'm not that guy anymore. But uh, you're still a account. I I account. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> uh, I I will say um, that's pretty fucked up. Like that's one of the most anticipated games on PlayStation Four coming out. Like one of the most anticipated sequels of any video game that I can remember in the last 10, 15 years. Um, and yeah, I'm, I would I'm say seeing, I'm seeing people pissed that the story was leaked. I'm seeing people pissed at the story. I'm seeing people pissed just for the sake of being pissed um, is a variety of different things. But from what I read, it's uh, it's interesting. Let's let's just put it like that. It's interesting. Yeah, 
Um, I don't know. I just want to play the game. I know they, they said that it's supposed to be coming out in June, but I think after the leaking, they'll bump it up again. I think they'll move it um, closer to the end of May, mid-May. They might just say one day, guys, guess what? Here's Last of Us 2. They, I mean, that's something they should do because, you know, it's they're going to look at sales and stuff. I mean, a lot of artists do the same thing. Well, they'll just drop an album out of nowhere. Like, oh, when did this happen? Eminem and then, just and, did it recently. Yeah, and it just explodes. So yeah. I think that that's a, that's, a, that's a possibility on the table, too. And I mean... It, I, I was looking forward to playing it, but like it's on the bottom of my list. I would say it's at the top of my list because the first one, I, I'm going to time it so that when the next one's coming out, that um, I play through the first one again. So the me- it's fresh in my memory, although I remember yeah. it very vividly. I'm just playing a lot of Call of Duty right now. I'm already ranked higher than I should be after only having it for just over a week and a half. Jesus I think I'm up. To, I think I'm, uh, I'm up to 95 now, which yeah. is still not as high as you guys. But for having it for a week and a half. Uh, well, no, I, I, I think you're higher than me now. That, cause I think I'm like, I'm like 93, but, uh, no, the other thing we've been trying to do is, uh, cause I've been playing Warzone with Steli Bob. And I just started, I just started trying out Warzone yesterday. So next time you're playing, let me know. Cause yeah. I actually am liking that a lot. Yeah. Warzone's cool. I like the bat. That's one of the better battle Royale games. Um, we've been trying to shame Steli into getting the full game. Cause he got Warzone cause it's free. Um, we're like, dude, like, come on. We want to play online. He goes, uh, like, you know, Steli answer, uh, no, I don't know, man. I only get the whole game so we can all play together. Yeah, but I no, see you guys playing, and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just sit here and play alone. St- well, here's I don't know that you're on sometimes because it's like you're not on my friends list on Xbox, so I gotta like you have to press, you press have to press thing. triangle. Yeah, press triangle. Press, press. I know y. I, we need. Uh, do you guys want to play tonight? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll play tonight. Okay, so why don't we wrap this up? I pretty I didn't have anything else to do, guys. <laughs> I, I I really don't either. Uh, just a, a couple of notes. If you're out there and you're looking for stuff to do and you're a gamer, you gotta. If you haven't already, download. Final Fantasy 7 remake. I yes. cannot believe okay. how good do. this game is. Um, you know, like there, you guys know my thoughts on Final Fantasy. I've talked about it every time we talk about the greatest video games conversation. To me, Final Fantasy 7 is the greatest video game of all time. Um, and the, the fact that they were able oh. to capture a lot of what made the game good and also expand on it. Uh, I'm fucking blown away. There are a lot of people out there that are fucking complaining about it. Like, yes, I did see that. that they're saying that they don't like that. It's not Final Fantasy. It's a different game. Don't call it Final Fantasy seven. Well, I see well, people are pissed because it's not turn based action. Right. That's the yeah, big thing. Yeah. Well, th- that's the worst part about it. What do you mean? Yeah. It, it makes it so much more fun to play as a hack and slash, even though it's not really a hack and slash because there are RPG RPG elements in there. You know, there's still uh, a sub menu. You know, you, you, you hit your melee buttons and then there's another button you press. It brings up your menu. You could do your magic. You could do your healing. You could do all that. There's still DPS. There's still tank. There's still healer. There's all that, you know, um, you don't. I just think it's better as a non-turn-based game, and but but the thing that kind of is crazy to me is it looks like they're going to turn this game into like a f- maybe four or five-part series. That would be nuts. I, to be honest with you, I might actually I might actually buy. Well, I'm going to wait. I got to pay my rent tomorrow, but once I do that, then I'll probably buy it. I'm almost. I do want to play it. I'm almost at the end. I'm probably about thirty thirty-two-ish hours in, and um, I don't know if you played the original, but the end of this game is probably about three quarters of the way through the first disc of the original. <laughs> oh my God. It's a massive game, dude. Yeah. How many, what was the gig download on like 60, 70? No, it was like 48, something like that. That's not bad. Oh. Dude, what, what's, what's the update? Like another call of duty game is like a hundred and something gigs or something. The current, the current file size of modern warfare is 118 gigs. 
Yeah, it was really so good. It was really stupid. good for me when I accidentally deleted it and had to reinstall it again. <laughs> I'm so happy I bought a fucking uh, external so, hard drive, dude. Because 100 gigs, and I still have the original Xbox One Day One Edition, only 500 gig Xbox. Yeah. I could maybe fit six other games. Now yeah, I got my, a fucking three terabyte my, hard drive. My PS4 is original Day One Edition too, so it's I had to get an external. Um, so before we wrap up, um, I want to uh, say thank you to Primal Urge Foods, um, to our our hacker. You have a week. Uh, to reveal yourself, or I'm going to do it for you. Um, and I want to end, end it with this story I just saw um, in Kazakhstan. A woman was celebrating the local coronavirus lockdown, went to pose for a selfie. 31-year-old slipped on grass and fell 115 feet to her death. Um, so celebrate properly, you dumb assholes. We will, see you, we will see you guys next week. Or see you at another time. My phone's about to die. Goodbye. Peace.